0: From Life of Benjamin Robert Hayden, Historical Painter, by Benjamin Robert Hayden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 1817 In December, Wordsworth was in town, and as Keats wished to know him, I made up a party to dinner, of Charles Lamb, Wordsworth, Keats, and Monkhouse his friend, and a very pleasant party we had. I wrote to Lamb and told him the address was 22 Lisson Grove, North, at Rossi's, halfway up, right-hand corner. I received his characteristic reply. My dear Hayden, I will come with pleasure to 22 lisson Grove, North, at Rossi's, halfway up, right-hand side, if I can find it. Yours, C. Lamb, 20 Russell Court, Covent Garden East, halfway up, Next the corner, left-hand side. On December 28th, the immortal dinner came off in my painting room, with Jerusalem towering up behind us as a background. Wordsworth was in fine cue, and we had a glorious set to, on Homer, Shakespeare, Milton, and Virgil. Lamb got exceedingly merry and exquisitely witty and his fun in the midst of Wordsworth's solemn intonations of oratory was like the sarcasm and wit of the fool in the intervals of Lear's passion. Lamb soon got delightfully merry. He made a speech, and voted me absent, and made them drink my health. "'Now,' said Lamb, you old lake poet, you rascally poet, "'why do you call Voltaire dull?' We all defended Wordsworth and affirmed, there was a state of mind when Voltaire would be dull. Well, said Lamb, here's Voltaire, the messiah of the French nation and a very proper one, too. He then, in a strain of humor beyond description, abused me for putting Newton's head into my picture. A fellow, said he, who believed nothing unless it was as clear as the three sides of a triangle. And then he and Keats agreed he had destroyed all the poetry of the rainbow, by reducing it to the prismatic colors. It was impossible to resist him, and we all drank Newton's health and confusion to mathematics. It was delightful to see the good humor of Wordsworth in giving in to all our frolics without affectation, and laughing as heartily as the best of us. By this time other friends joined, among them poor Richie, who was going to penetrate by Fazan to Timbuktu. I introduced him to all as a gentleman going to Africa. Lamb seemed to take no notice, but all of a sudden he roared out, which is the gentleman we are going to lose? We then drank the victim's health, in which Ritchie joined. In the morning of this delightful day, a gentleman, a perfect stranger, had called on me. He said he knew my friends, had an enthusiasm for Wordsworth, and begged I would procure him the happiness of an introduction. He told me he was a comptroller of stamps, and often had correspondence with the poet. I thought it a liberty, but still, as he seemed a gentleman, I told him he might come. When we retired to tea, we found the comptroller. In introducing him to Wordsworth, I forgot to say who he was. After a little time, the comptroller looked down, looked up, and said to Wordsworth, Don't you think, sir, Milton was a great genius? Keats looked at me, Wordsworth looked at the comptroller. Lamb, who was dozing by the fire, turned around and said, "'Pray, sir, did you say Milton was a great genius?' "'No, sir, I asked Mr. Wordsworth if he were not.' "'Oh,' said Lamb, "'then you are, a silly fellow.' "'Charles, my dear Charles,' said Wordsworth. But Lamb, perfectly innocent of the confusion he had created, was off again by the fire. After an awful pause, the comptroller said, "'Don't you think Newton a great genius?' I could not stand it any longer. Keats put his head into my books. Richie squeezed in a laugh. Wordsworth seemed asking himself, "'Who is this?' Lamb got up and, taking a candle, said, "'Sir, will you allow me to look at your phrenological development?' He then turned his back on the poor man, and at every question of the Comptroller, he chaunted, Diddle-diddle-dumpling, my son John went to bed with his breeches on. The man in office, finding Wordsworth, did not know who he was, said, in a spasmodic and half-chuckling anticipation of assured victory, I have had the honor of some correspondence with you, Mr. Wordsworth. With me, sir, said Wordsworth, not that I remember. Don't you, sir? I am a comptroller of stamps. There was a dead silence, the comptroller evidently thinking that was enough. While we were waiting for Wordsworth's reply, Lamb sung out, Hey, diddle-diddle, the cat in the fiddle. My dear Charles, said Wordsworth, Diddle-diddle, dumpling, my son John, jaunted Lamb. And then rising, exclaimed, Do let me have another look at that gentleman's organs." Keats and I hurried Lamb into the painting room, shut the door, and gave way to inextinguishable laughter. Monkhouse followed and tried to get Lamb away. We went back, but the comptroller was irreconcilable. We soothed and smiled and asked him to supper. He stayed, though his dignity was sorely affected. However. Being a good-natured man, we parted all in good humor, and no ill effects followed. All the while, until Monkhouse succeeded, we could hear Lamb struggling in the painting room and calling at intervals, Who is that fellow? Allow me to see his organs once more. It was, indeed, an immortal evening. Wordsworth's fine intonation as he quoted Milton and Virgil, Keats' eager, inspired look. Lamb's quaint sparkle of lambent humor so speeded the stream of conversation that in my life I never passed a more delightful time. All our fun was within bounds, not a word passed that an apostle might not have listened to. It was a night worthy of the Elizabethan age, and my solemn Jerusalem flashing up by the flame of the fire, with Christ hanging over us like a vision, all made up a picture which will long glow upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. Keats made Ritchie promise he would carry his endymion to the great desert of Sahara and fling it in the midst. Poor Ritchie went to Africa and died, as Lamb foresaw in 1819. Keats died in 1821 at Rome. See Lamb is gone, joking to the last. Monkhouse is dead. And Wordsworth and I are the only two now living, 1841, of that glorious party. Recording by Eva Davis End of Life of Benjamin Robert Hayden, Historical Painter by Benjamin Robert Hayden